0: What's important when buying cigars online? The best brands? Big selection? Lowest prices? Or fast, fresh delivery? Hey, when you buy from Famous Smoke Shop, you have it all. And now, Cigar Tipster fans can have it all, too, including free shipping on your order. Go to CigarTipster.com and click on the banner ad for Famous Smoke Shop. Use the promo code FREESHIPCT. That's FREESHIPCT. And free shipping is yours when you spend $75 or more at Famous Smoke Shop. Order now.
1: Oh, what fresh hell is this?
2: This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast.
1: Uh, it is the Cigar Tipsters Show. Welcome to the program, Junior, Senior, Ben, and uh, what's your name again?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm uh, Mr. Fuck You.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that is the voice of the, the one and only Kirk. Uh, he, he finally decided to grace us with his presence.
3: <laughs> good to be here, guys. And I wish, he, I wish, I wish it was under better terms, though.
1: Yeah, he he picked a real good night to do it because we're we're gonna be motherfucking some stuff tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and no, I don't mean Kurt's mom. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry, I didn't say that.
2: <laughs> I didn't even get that harsh. Now,
1: that actually, that's not fair. I've met Kurt's mom. She's a lovely woman. There's no reason to go there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but, but in other words, we need to talk about the FDA and the fact that they have chosen quote-unquote option one and are going to regulate cigars, premium cigars. And yep. how much of a giant uh, fuck you that is to pretty much every one of us. Yep. Big can one.
2: I, can I be the first to say fuck the FDA?
1: I'd say fuck the FDA. <laughs> uh,
3: now, hold no. on. Hold on.
1: I'm just kidding. Fuck the FDA. I was going to say, did you go liberal on us in in the time you were gone? No, he was just kidding. Uh, Before we get too deep into this, Half Wheel did a a pretty good article entitled Five Takeaways from the FDA's Decision that kind of gives you a a brief synopsis of this thing because the actual... Option 1, or whatever it is called, is a 499-page document of, uh, one can only assume bullshit uh, that they're going to affect the industry with. But the the five big takeaways are this. First and foremost, uh, IPCPR 2016 happens before uh, all these rules take place in August. So the trade show will most likely be a barrage of new products. as many as I can get on the market as fast as I can get them there, I don't... <laughs> that's probably going to turn out to be a bad thing, but we'll see. Uh, but they got to get them on before August 8th,
0: because that's when it starts. So if they get them on there before then, then there's less yeah. fees, I think. They have to pay or well, they have uh,
1: some kind of, like, a two-year period to, to make the application to the FDA for them to approve their products, but they've got this two-year lifespan to go ahead and market and sell these products without... The approval, they just wait on it during that time. So, yeah, it's it's very advantageous for them to get things out there by August 8th, and I guess uh, the benefit to us is there will be a lot of stuff to try, but at the same time, it could suck because they're just throwing shit against the wall. Yeah, trying to get out there as fast as they can. Uh, the second thing, the cost and process for approval is still unclear. And this is one of the things that that could be incredibly dangerous for the boutique brands. We don't know how much it's going to cost or how long it's going to take for them to submit a new blend, submit the boxes, submit everything for approval. So truthfully, depending on how this works out, it it could put them out of business.
0: We don't know exactly how expensive it's going to be. Now, we know it's not cheap, but we don't know, you know unless you're a major boutique brand with some deeper pockets, I mean, it could very well just put you out or push you towards acquisition if, if they'll take you.
2: Yeah, but the major concern when you start adding cost on the back end with every other market, it always comes back to the consumer, which is Correct. all of us, you know. So that means now your, your average smoker may get to the point that they're just priced completely out of it and can't afford to buy cigars anymore.
3: Yep. Exactly. So you, I think we've had the conversation before that boutique lines often surprise us with how much they ask for a cigar that nobody's heard of. You know, they want nine or ten dollars. Um, imagine what it's going to cost if it, if releasing a new blend is a fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollar entrance fee. You know, so that that is of everything. Um, well, I'll I'll share my my bits later. Mark, do you want to keep going?
1: Uh, yeah, the the third thing is that for now, at least, the internet cigar sales and flavored cigar sales are good. Uh, flavored cigars could, quite frankly, go away by the time this is over, uh, if the FDA gets their uh, gets their way on this thing. It intends to, uh, or the FDA intends on banning flavored cigars uh, in the future. They have not given a timetable tab- on that, but your Javas and your Eileen's dreams, and theoretically, even your... All of acid. Yeah, well, fuck acid. They can go They can go to hell. But, uh,
0: <laughs> Just, that'd be sad.
1: And, uh, you know, your Swishers, your Black and Milds, your uh, all that. Well, you know, acid is pretty much lumped in with those crap. Goodbye. The good stuff like Java's and Tobacco Special, and I would assume even the liquor-infused cigars like the Maker's Mark and uh, the rum-infused ones could even be in trouble under that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The legalization of Cuban cigars is delayed. Whenever the embargo gets lifted, even the Cuban manufacturers will have to be subject to these FDA regulations. and. Uh, submit their applications for approval, essentially. So this could prolong the uh, arrival of Cuban product here in the States.
0: Even longer than, what, the past 50 years or so? Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> as if we haven't waited long enough for it. You know, let's, uh, they gave an example that if the embargo was lifted on January 1st of 2019, it could still be years after that before... Uh, Cuban cigars arrive, and uh, fuck, I could be dead by then, so who the hell knows?
0: <laughs> and that's pending. They actually passed the FDA approval. Pending. Yeah, really.
1: And well, let me throw this one more thing out there. The, the uh, fifth and, quite frankly, unfortunate last thing is that all of our hopes and basically... A large segment of the cigar industry rests in the hands of Congress, and that is a depressing fucking thing to think about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's I'm laughing because I, I I'm not crying. Why um, is our hope in Congress? Uh,
1: pretty much, they're the only ones that can stop the FDA. You know, last month the uh, the House Appropriations Committee passed a draft of some agriculture bill uh, that were one that would have exempted premium cigars from this thing and would also change the grandfathering date to 2017 instead of 2016. Uh, Unfortunately for cigar smokers, it's more likely that the the final bill will not be voted on until after August. So what's likely going to happen is these rules are going to go into effect and then Congress may be able to hit the pause button on them after the fact. But the odds of us stopping it before August are incredibly unlikely.
3: Mark, I want to clarify one thing you mentioned there, um, and this, this, in my opinion, is one of the most imp- important things about the, uh, the bill that's currently in Congress, is that it doesn't change the grandfather date from 2016 to 2017. What, what it does is, right now the grandfather date is set in 2007, which means that any blend or any tobacco product that hit the market before 2007 is more or less safe. Uh, it changes it from 2007 to 2017 which is when the bill would pass. And the reason that could be a big problem for us is because between the dates of 2007 and 2017, that's when the e-cigar- e-cigarette thing really became popular, and that's one of the big things that the FDA is attempting to regulate here. Uh, and that's unfortunately grouped into this bill for uh, that's that's currently making its way through Congress. So one, um, one scenario that the Half Wheel site painted that, you know, let me mention a few things here, because a lot of this is very doom and gloom for us. Let me just point out that uh, the FDA currently regulates uh, all of the craft breweries that are popping up all over across America. Every time they release a new can or bottle of something, it has to get approved by the FDA. And, yes, that was a big hit to the market for a little bit, but that industry was able to adapt and overcome, and I, I believe that the tobacco industry can as well. And I uh, just another thing is, uh, you know – kind of on that same tone or same note, the cigar industry, yes. I mean, it's it's going to suck. No one wants the FDA to have its hand in this pot. But ultimately, this industry has been around, I don't know, i am just gonna throw a number out there and say 500 years or something, people have been smoking cigars. And I don't think that just because it makes it a little bit harder to release a new blend or anything like that, that you know our experience is going to be taken away from us altogether. It might It might change. In fact, I'll even say it will change, but I don't think it needs to... Our hobby will exist uh, next year and for many years to come. It just might be a little bit different.
1: Well, and another thing to keep in mind is that most likely groups like IPCPR and the CRA are going to file lawsuits to at least slow down this stuff, if not try to stop it altogether. So... The fight's not necessarily over, but chances are, come August of this year, we are going to have to deal with some of this.
3: Yep, and, and I think that if that bill does go through Congress, they were talking about, you know, maybe the FDA has control from August 2016, so August of this year, through whenever the new bill passes, which might be November of this year, so or whenever the new bill takes hold, which might be, I don't know, April of 2017. So it, it's possible that the FDA only has control for four months or one year or something like that before some other bill comes through uh, under a new presidency, for instance, and, you know, eliminates this one. One more thing I want to touch in on, because we're all happy to hear that acid will go away, right? Uh, <laughs> I just, just want to point out that acid is Drew Estate's biggest, uh, you know, that's the biggest money hog right there. So if I, if acid goes away, I don't know what that's going to do to the Drew Estate. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll say two things. One, I don't like Acid, but I don't really have a problem with them being in the industry. Everybody's tastes are different, so I'm not going to... Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it has to go away. I know we take a shit on them, and we take a shit on Gurkha all the time, but uh, you know, th- this could have a huge, huge effect on Drew Estate you know, being owned by Swisher because uh, 99% of what Swisher does is flavored cigarillos and their entire business could be in jeopardy and Drew Estate's business could be in jeopardy just because they're under that corporate umbrella.
3: Yep, great point, great point. You know, as I one, one thing that wasn't covered in the Half Wheel article that I found interesting was, you know, the whole cigar industry is really kind of trying to raise their fist in the air and, and, and fight this, or at least, you know, discuss how this is a bad thing and educate people. But there are certain brands, in my opinion, that are uh, kind of creepily quiet. And it's, it's, you know, I might be wrong about this. I haven't scoured the entire Internet, but I haven't heard anything from General Cigars. I haven't heard anything from Altidus. Uh, and, and the only thing I can think of is that those are some of the brands that are most heavily represented in online sales and it, their industry is more or less staying the same, uh, at least for the next two years. And so I, I wonder if that's correlated at all or if it's just a coincidence.
1: Well, and uh, another thing that I noticed is that no one from the cigar industry ha- has really stepped out and made a statement about any of this. I, I mean, the CRA sent out some you know, quasi-political kind of, standard issue BS, but nobody's really gone out there and just said, hey, this is our position on what you guys are trying to do. Now, for anybody that's interested, Glenn Loop, the uh, president, CEO, whatever he is of uh, the CRA, is going to be on the Smooth Draws radio show tomorrow morning. Uh, And you can catch that in podcast form also because this won't be downloadable that interview will have happened by the time you can download this, but check out their podcast if you want to hear his take on that.
3: Right on. Yeah, I mean...
1: And I I called him and I said, do you want to be on our podcast? And he's like, who the fuck are you?
3: Yeah, he didn't even answer (laughs) (laughs) Actually, his
1: his secretary told me that, actually.
0: Do you know what time in the morning it's going to be on?
1: Uh, They're on 10, 10 to noon, your time. Okay. I don't know, they they didn't give a specific interview time for him, but uh, Jerry Garrett is also going to be on there, too, tomorrow. Ooh. Okay.
3: Yeah, so all that said, Mark, Mark, by the way, good job uh, giving the rollout there. I think that was a a pretty good recap, and, and I think you mentioned that all of that was available on a Half Wheel article. Um,
1: yeah, it's uh, halfwheel.com, and the name of the article is Five Takeaways from the FDA's Decision to Regulate Cigars. And one other thing that they didn't mention in the article was the uh, warning labels on 30% of the boxes. I believe it has to be on uh, up to 30% of the box, but also something like two different sides of the box, I believe.
3: Yep, 30% of the box covered on at least two opposite sides. And it has to be a... It's going to be a gruesome-looking warning, I'll just say that.
1: Yeah, like... Cigars will make you shit blood or something like that. I don't know. Yeah,
3: exactly. Cigar smokers eat babies. Oh, and, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: They <laughs> probably have a picture of like a a corpse or something like that with a cigar in its mouth. Uh,
1: okay. Uh synopsis fuck <laughs> fuck the FDA. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's, let's get yeah. on to some, some lighter topics like
2: uh Well before we get too far away from that. Uh To hit on the e-cigarettes and some of the vaping a little bit, I watched a uh, video where they were talking about it, and one of their major concerns with the vaping now is that people are putting synthetic drugs in with the vaping liquid, and it's basically undetectable to the police. For them to, the, the regular field test that they do on narcotics and stuff doesn't work on this. They have to actually send it into a lab to get it uh, analyzed to show, yeah, it had drugs in it. And that's one of their biggest problems. And another problem they're saying is that, you know, kids can be vaping this, you know, even in, in school and in class and stuff like that. Yep. Well, well, my public service announcement for that is, parents, raise your fucking kids. You know, yep don't sit around and wait on somebody else to do it, and for God's sake, don't sit around and wait on the government to do it. Raise yeah, the, your kids, teach them the difference between right and wrong, discipline your kids, and teachers, if there's a kid that can sit back there in the back of your class and bait, you're not doing your job.
3: I would, so, I mean, I would agree, senior. It seems like the, the nanny state... I mean, and, and I'd be open to other people's opinions on this, but do you think the nanny state has gotten worse under our current presidency?
1: Oh, and absolutely. The
3: secondary question absolutely. would be: Do you think it'll get better if we have a uh, a Republican in office?
1: I don't think it's going to get any better uh, for several reasons. One, people are fucking stupid, and you can't fix stupid. But two, and a big part of the problem today is half of these people. That are raising kids are kids themselves. I mean, you've got 15, 15 to 18 year olds raising babies, and they haven't even grown up themselves. But I don't know. Yeah. Parents have just listen. I got my ass beat several times as a kid, uh, whether it was at home or in the aisle of the grocery store or whatever it took, and I turned out okay i don't i don't need much therapy so.
3: so you you just you cry you cry yourself to sleep just most most nights not every night
1: not every night though so there's the occasional good nights but, but, but i mean discipline your fucking kids i mean it just it drives me crazy like i go to i was in a restaurant a couple of weeks ago and This couple's just letting their two little kids just be wild fucking terrors. And I'm just like, they're literally interrupting the lunch of like 40 or 50 different people and you're just sitting there with this stupid look on your face. That's great parenting. This nanny state timeout, go sit in the chair bullshit does not work. Well, the problem is there's no nowhere
2: along the way our kids taught today that there's consequences for actions taken. The sooner in life you learn that, the better off you are. I mean, it can be as a small child when you're doing things wrong, you get corrected. Or it can be when you're a juvenile, and you steal a car and go to jail. You know, what point do you want to learn uh, that there are some consequences out there? And with the way it is now, like you said, they they ignore the kids. You know, you go yep. into the grocery store or a restaurant and the kids just pitching the holy hell fit and the parents are going on about their normal routine like nothing's happening.
1: Well, and you've got this you've got this trend with kids now where they need their, and I can barely say this with a straight face, but they need their safe space because words hurt them. Um, <laughs> are, are babies not, I mean, when you hit puberty, do, you, do testicles no longer descend?
3: Did you get, on the same note, did you hear about that, uh, I forget which state it was, maybe West Virginia or something was going to, uh, hey, hey Ben, just so you know, when when your mic's on, it sounds like you're building robots. Are you like in a cricket field? <laughs> Does anyone else hear that when...
2: Yeah, I can hear something. I
1: hear a little bit, but it, it okay. doesn't... It translate into the audio nearly as much as you think it would
3: okay if it's not bothering anyone else I'll just go on but um so,
1: uh, why yeah,
3: sorry one one state I, I, I don't know West Virginia or Texas or maybe it was some liberal state but they're talking about having a uh, if a kid is accused of being a bully the police will do an investigation and if they determine that he is a bully, They'll issue a warning to the parents. The parents then have 90 days to correct it, and if the behavior happens again within that time period, the parents will receive a fine of $400 for their kid being a bully.
1: Right? I kind of like it. I mean, so I I, I like
3: it. I like it to the extent that it's going to force parents to be involved. I guess. But, I mean, the fact that it's come to that is what really bothers me.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, take it a step further. Every time your kid acts like an ass, you get fined
3: $20. Yeah, exactly. Anytime someone hurts your feelings, call the cops. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's get back to cigars, man. I am smoking a, uh, a cigar that the FDA cannot touch. It's a, uh, it's a 2006 Camacho. Corojo, it is a, it is a treat. I have exactly five left, and I plan on smoking them until they're gone. But
1: is that, that the uh, the original Camacho Corojo?
3: It is. It is. This is a 2000, 2006. So this Before was the big band. Yep. This was back when they were just a young company. Uh, they still had the same box. Uh, the band is a little bit different, and actually the blend is a little bit different. That's the part that Caught me off guard a little bit. The Camacho Corojo that a lot of us know and love is, uh, I believe, and Piro. Uh, yes. that's a Honduran puro. Yes. Is it okay? That didn't sound right when I said it, but this one is a little bit different. Uh, but even still, it's a 2006. It's a Christianiura blend, and it's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that is a treat. I can't. The last time I would have had one of those would have been at uh, Patriot in the very early days of the. Uh, Camacho Davidoff sale.
3: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I I, uh, I still have a soft spot in my heart for the, the Camacho lines. Not the old one, not the new one.
1: And there's been some uh, chatters over the past couple of weeks that uh, Oliva may uh, sell out to General, and I think that would be an absolutely horrible idea. Uh, they're both currently denying that the rumor is true, but everybody says that when they're talking about selling a company. But uh, given what we've seen General do to other companies, I would prefer that Oliva not take that step.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I I don't know if I caught word of that uh, possibility, but I would agree with you, Mark. It's I mean, I, I don't know. I guess there's pros and cons, right? I mean, perhaps if Oliva gets bought up, they'll have a better logistics network, which might allow them to lower prices on certain things. But uh, to me, as, uh, you know, cost isn't as important to me as quality. So if, uh, if that acquisition or whatever means that there's a chance that the Oliva blends that we know and love are going to get tweaked because it's more affordable to make them that way or maybe that the rollers that make them are less skilled than... Those are the parts of acquisitions that scare me.
1: Uh, well, maybe the... they learned
2: their lessons from uh, the buyout with the CAO. That first bought went through, the quality suffered considerably. Oh, hugely. Then, yeah, I mean. Then it started to make a trend back. Uh, one after of the... his name, Rod Rodriguez. Is he yep. the CEO over there now? Once well, he got involved, the quality seemed to come by.
1: The vice president of sales for Oliva made this statement. He said, and I quote, Contrary to rumor and speculation, a purchase of Oliva Cigar by General Cigar is not imminent. Now, to me, that's a real, real fancy way of not really saying anything.
2: I would uh, even... it's not signed yet.
1: Yeah, to would... me, that's a very fancy way of saying it's happening, just maybe not tomorrow.
3: That could also be a way of Oliva you know, for instance, maybe they're still negotiating and, and that's Oliva's way of saying, Hey, you know, if you want us, you're gonna have to pay for us kind of thing.
2: Is Ben asleep over there or what?
3: I think he's wrestling with some frogs or something.
1: Benjamin? Hello. Hello Ben. Hello. It says he's muted, but I... Wait wait a minute. Benjamin, can you hear me?
2: His face keeps popping up
0: here. Can you hear me
1: now? Yes, there you
2: are. Hi, Ben. Hi.
1: Okay. Nice of you to join us tonight.
0: Uh, Uh, I've been hearing everything you said, and I've been talking to the fucking wind. (laughs) I was
1: going to say, I I really hope you weren't spilling your guts over there, because we didn't
0: hear any of it.
1: No, I've been sitting quietly.
0: Um, I wanted to ask, do you think that Oliva is doing an early acquisition to General to kind of gear up because of the FDA to say, hey, now that we've got deeper pockets and more money, we can... You know what I'm saying? Do you think that's an early acquisition in response to the FDA or no?
1: I think it's very possible. Uh, it could be a feeling out situation and that, that could be where that fancy word imminent comes from is, you know, they're just playing their cards and Making plans
0: either way. Yeah, fair enough. All right. And uh, Junior, what are you smoking?
1: Not a damn thing. Okay. What's wrong with you,
0: dude?
1: You, <laughs> you sick? I, sad. Uh, no, I was just I was running around late, uh, and like when I said five minutes, that was because I was running down the dock trying to <laughs> trying to go get the computer. <laughs> Five more minutes, gentlemen. Five more minutes. Yeah, five uh, more minutes while my fast friend's down the dock trying to get to the computer.
3: Yeah, I'm, pi- I'm picturing you running. It's not uh, not pretty.
0: No, it's
1: not. Well, no th- sweat. thankfully it was dark.
0: Nobody saw anything. That's what you think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, to, to Senior's point, you know how parents don't raise their kids. I'm reading a stat from the FDA's website. And apparently, there's an estimated 180,000 in 2015 middle schoolers, middle school students that reported smoking a cigar within the past 30 days. Now, how the fuck does a middle schooler get access to a cigar? You got
3: to yeah. remember what they're calling cigars, though. They're not calling cigars premium cigars. They're they're calling oh no, these those are whiteout
0: cigarillos or whatever.
3: Yeah, plastic tip or whatever it is.
1: Well, and, that, and that's part we're, of the problem. About, about the, that in itself is part of the problem, is premium cigars. You don't see kids smoking premium cigars because they don't have 10 or $12 to go drop on a premium cigar. They're going to drop $3 on a pack of White Owl or Swisher or whatever the fuck it is. And again, that same thing goes back to parenting. If, if your kids are smoking cigars, it's going to smell like they smoke cigars. You should be able to figure it out.
2: Well, that yeah. was one of the things... They were saying about the vaping is that uh, you know I guess that stuff's fruity and stuff like that, so you can't really smell it on the breath. So that was another issue they had with the vaping.
1: Speaking of.
2: But what I was going to say before we went that way was we don't need the FDA putting more regulations in place. Simply enforce the laws that are in place now. I mean, a 19-year-old, you have to be, what, 19 to buy a cigarette?
0: 18, Uh, well, 18-year-old.
2: 18 some places, 19 others. I mean, just enforce the laws you got. You don't need all these new regulations and shit like that. Just enforce the law.
3: And that's the funny thing, too. You know, like, so if if their biggest concern, if the FDA's biggest concern is that kids are somehow getting their hands on these products, why would you penalize the entire industry instead of just holding parents accountable? You know, if, if your son or daughter is caught smoking a product and they're underage, up the penalty. Make these parents actually consider it a big deal instead of what it is now, which is nothing, you know.
1: Well, and there's such an attitude these days of waiting for the government to raise your kids, teach your kids, you know, buy your food, pay your bills, you know, everybody looks to the government to do everything. Nobody wants to get off their ass and fucking go to work.
3: Yep. I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty frustrating, I think, that, uh, you know, and Oh, I don't want to go off on this tangent, but how absurd is it that the cigar industry, or excuse me, the tobacco industry is under attack, whereas the alcohol industry remains untouched? I mean, I know there's syntax out there. I know there's laws in place, but I mean, come on. I bet, I bet every day you can hear about somebody, an underage person, a non-involved person, whatever, getting killed in a drunken driving accident or some sort of bar fight where a gun comes out.
0: Uh, I've never heard of a smoking and driving accident. Ever. Drinking and driving is all of the... I mean, and then in Tennessee, they just passed recently where they can now, and I know other states have done this, to put wine and liquor carried in supermarkets, which is, you know, a lot of other states have already been doing that. So it's okay to encourage kids to go to Kroger or whatever and get wine, no problem. But, you know, to get a cigar, oh, you can't do that. I mean, the people who buy premium cigars are typically, you know, more responsible adults who choose certain cigars. They go to a cigar shop or a specific place... It, 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 people aren't just rampantly running around with Davidoffs in their mouths causing accidents and killing people. <laughs> I am. <laughs> just don't say that. You are. <laughs> so I'm reading on right here, there's a flyer uh, for retail establishments to sell, and it says, are you taking the necessary steps to prevent underage tobacco use? These are the FDA rules for cigar sales. The first one is check photo ID of everyone under age 27 who attempts to purchase cigars. Now, I don't know how to look at someone and tell if they're 26 or 28 uh, (laughs) but it says check photo ID only sell cigars to consumers age 18 and older makes sense we already have that and you do not give away free samples of cigars including any of their components or parts which would make sense you can't give somebody a wrapper leaf Um, but and then the other one do not sell cigars in vending machine unless it's an adult only facility these are the actual flyer the actual flyer that FDA has made for this So what exactly are they, aside from saying you can't give free samples, which I don't know how the hell the FDA would actually know, um, that's going to affect, how much that's going to impact retail.
2: Now, is that something that's in place now or proposed?
0: It is on the FDA's website. I'm assuming that's part of the, uh, no, it's going to get passed in August. That's part of it. Okay, so that's the new stuff. Effective August 8, 2000. Yeah, it's a snapshot of some of the new requirements for cigars effective August in 2016. So yes. The the biggest danger with
1: all of this regulation is the money involved for the brands yes. and the submission and approval process. That's what is going to hurt the industry.
0: Which we don't have a number as of yet, is that correct? There's no actual yeah, and,
1: and that's the really dangerous part is you know, they're they're mum on these numbers, you know, they want to pass all the regulations and not say it's gonna cost you ten grand or five hundred dollars or twenty grand, whatever the hell it might be.
3: And they also don't have a timeline associated with it, so you could submit a blend, you could submit your fifteen grand or whatever it is, and the FDA doesn't owe you. Uh, as of right now, there's there's no time limit to say that the FDA has to get back to you in one month or six months. You know, So if, if it's open-ended, who knows, maybe you submit a blend in 2018 and you don't hear back until 2021.
0: And that's if they get to it.
3: Yeah. So, it, I mean, it is kind of a big deal, but here, here's the real kicker, guys, and I'm going to be Debbie Downer for a second, is... Is the FDA? They didn't. They didn't reach for the stars initially. I mean, this is this is them just kind of getting the ball rolling. There's still talk of, uh, like I think Mark mentioned, any any flavored cigars are initially left alone, uh, but that could change right away. That could be banned outright. Online sales are currently left alone, but again, that could be banned outright because there's no way to verify age when you're selling to an online audience. There's also the possibility that walk-in humidors. Are banned or severely modified so that the cigars are not visible uh, unless you open a cabinet or whatever the case may be. Because apparently the, the theory is that those pretty cigar bands that we all know and love attract kids, and so there's possibility that they're gonna they're gonna make all cigars be stored in cabinets so that you could block the glass instead of lock in humidors
1: Well, and that that's one of the biggest problems right now is the FDA. And I'm sure they're doing this. I'm sure this is part of their plan. This is their foot in the door to an industry that they've never been able to regulate. And the problem is they're going to get their foot in the door, and then they're going to fuck everybody in the ass. Yeah, you know, it's another
0: one of those. Give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. If they're not, if you can't give away free samples, is that going to completely cut any IPCPR bed? Because that's essentially what goes on there.
1: And I mean. The
3: I mean, well, it's gu- it's gonna have to severely modify those events. Maybe instead of giving away free cigars, they give away cigars for fifty cents. You know, no one says you have to sell them at at retail.
1: That's true. If, if they well, mess with our tweet up, we riot. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that one thing, one thing to consider
2: there: you're paying an admission, so your your ticket to the show could include
0: the price uh, of the cigars that are quote non. The price of
2: any uh complimentary type cigars that are are given out during the the event.
0: I think they're gonna find the scrunch the is gonna find loopholes somewhere and just maybe offset it a little bit, but you know.
1: Well, I hate to say <laughs> this with all the discipline talk we've been talking tonight, but you know what rules were made to be broken. <laughs>
0: That's a good song.
1: <laughs>
2: well there's yeah. To throw a question out there, does anybody know as far as cigar sales go, what percentage does the U.S. have? Is it huge compared to the rest of the world, or are we just kind of a small fish in a
3: big pond? We are really, really small. Like, I think last year, I was actually going to ask, I was actually going to give you guys a little quiz here. Uh, In 2015. Uh, US cigar sales were at three hundred and fifteen million, which is a slight increase over previous years. Any guesses on which country sold the US the most cigars?
0: Dominican Republic.
3: That is correct. Yep. The Dominican Republic had the most cigars by like seven million or something. After that Nicaragua, then Honduras was actually Honduras is less than half of Dominican Republic in Nicaragua. Um,
2: okay, let me re spin that question. What I'm saying is, that as far as consuming, those are the numbers I'm assuming that are sales to the U.S. or out of retail shops?
0: I think that, to the U.S.
3: That's, yeah, that's the number imported into the U.S. 315 million cigars were imported to the U.S. I believe worldwide it's like I don't know, like a few billion, you know. I mean, well, that's, that's
2: what I was trying to say. Or how big of a fish are is the U.S. market, and is it enough for a lot of these foreign uh, manufacturers to still go through all the FDA's bullshit or at some point, and I would oh. see the Cubans being the first ones to do it, to just say, you know what, fuck y'all. We ain't sending
0: you cigars no more. It's just too much hassle. That's possible. That's very possible because, I mean, there's still market in Europe. For them to send to, but I mean, if we are enough of a large, you know, if America's is enough of a large segment, I think we are and growing. Uh, it, it could affect them with, you know, what's just not worth the time. It's possible.
2: And I, I think you'll see that from Cuba anyway, because you know the way Obama's visit went and everything like that. They were kind of like, "fuck
3: y'all anyway." <laughs> well, that's Obama. Hopefully. Well,
0: yeah. Kirk, do you keep muting me?
3: I can barely hear people talk when your mic is on. I hate you. I'm sorry. It, it,
0: it, it, can, you hear it, the, can you hear me now? I hate it, you.
3: When you're talking, it's clear as day, but when you're not talking, it sounds, I don't even know it, uh, like, really loud, I'll just say that.
2: It's not personal.
1: I, I muted him. You bastard. You bastard.
3: You
2: chicken mcfucker, you muted me. Well, that's Ben, funny. I won't yeah. mute
0: you, man. You're a friend.
3: That's because you don't actually, know how. Actually, I don't know how, but <laughs> that's
1: the point...
0: I will I mute myself. That. I will mute myself between what I feel is important to say and 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 not, just so we don't have to have everyone think I'm building some sort of factory out here. Just, <laughs> just sitting alone.
3: Well, <laughs> I you, you
1: know, quite honestly, it's better than the Paris wheel effect. At least we can hear his voice. Oh, yeah,
3: that's true. When when Ben is talking, we can all hear him. That's great.
1: I think that's I'm it. just going to get new like headphones. A, it sounds like a bug zapper
2: that's like comforting little, <laughs> you know <laughs> poor Ben that was better than the robot factor
0: I spent, poor, I poor sp-
1: Ben I'm I gonna start I'm gonna start directing all of Ian Chalmers complaints directly to Ben <laughs>
0: oh that's
3: right yeah Ben have, Ben have you heard of of any of any of this my, my brother listens to our podcast regularly does any oh, of his feedback get to you
0: he's one of, his, one of our three uh, listeners
3: Dedi- um, dedicated listeners
0: no not really no not really
3: so so Ian Ian has never met Ben for uh, for our other two listeners out there. And uh, Ian is my brother and he has never met Ben but uh he knows Ben very well as the guy who whose audio sucks basically. <laughs> i just
0: maybe I got to get better headphones or something. I don't know.
3: I'm not sure what it is. It's
0: the FDA. It's the Fucking FDA. i not what it is.
1: It's it's, my audio it is. You've you've motherfucked him too many times. <laughs> That's son of a bitch.
0: Hashtag douchebag. I hate him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I forgot what we were talking about. Um,
3: FDA and. U.S. one and
1: Dyson. Dyson.
0: Dyson. I got all. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. happy. Happy Fredder. Yeah, happy <laughs> Fredder. Yeah, there we right, go. I've,
1: I've got a new. A new cigar that I'm enjoying a lot, and that's the uh, Room 101 Big Payback. I know me and Senior both have smoked quite a few of those recently, and uh, I think we yeah. both like them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, good smoke.
3: I've tried that one, too. Now, is there a difference between payback and big payback?
1: <sighs> to, to the size of your penis, maybe? I don't know.
3: Well, I I thought it was just called payback, and if it is just payback, then I've had it before.
0: Is that the name of your penis? <laughs> your penis <guy. laughs>
2: I think it actually fit? says big payback
1: on it. Yeah, the ones uh, I've had,
0: I say think big is payback. payback.
3: <laughs> mine, mine just says says big pay because the back part couldn't fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
3: no, yeah, you're right. Though the payback, the reason I actually came on them was uh, they were super cheap. I was uh, I was shop shopping online and I got like a five pack for I don't know eighteen bucks or something. And it was worth it. It was worth
1: it. We finally introduced uh, Kirk to CigarBid.com. Oh, he
3: found it. That was dirty of you, by the way.
1: (laughs) So 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 How much much of your life savings have you lost?
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's all gone, man. It's all gone.
0: So how much is this FDA thing, speaking of online sales, uh, how much is it actually going to be affected because of where they're shipped from and, you know, it's not direct retailers, so, you think it'll have less of an impact or more?
1: Initially, nothing. But it's one of those things where they said, you know, we're going to leave Internet sales alone for now. Uh, so God knows what kind of weirdness they may come up with in the future. And everybody has muted themselves. I'm alone.
2: <laughs> so why do they uh, choose to leave the Internet sales alone and screw the brick-and-mortar people that are actually paying more taxes?
3: Well, it's it's not that. It's just that the the rules that they're rolling out first just for whatever reason don't have an impact on the online sales.
1: Um, Good the, rule. Thank you, Obama.
3: Yeah, I, and you know, I mean, <coughs> the other thought there is that uh, potentially maybe the FDA is trying to be a little strategic. Uh, I mean. If I had to guess, I'm just going to make up some numbers here, but you guys tell me if you think I'm off. If if we took all of the American cigar consumers and then had to assign a percentage to which ones buy in a brick-and-mortar versus which ones buy online, I would wager only 10% or 15% of cigar smokers are are getting their stuff at brick-and-mortars versus everybody else. So millions more people are getting them online. And so maybe the FDA purposely kept their hands off that to not, you know, cause too many waves.
0: They're I, gonna slowly but they're gonna creep their way to, you know, let's create that market slowly at first. Because brick and mortar like, is I guess because there's a few of them, it's easier to target.
3: Potentially, yeah. I Bastards. would
0: I would play devil's advocate just a little bit
1: with that number. I would think it's closer to thirty to forty percent of smokers that support brick and mortar, but you've got to think that they're probably going in there and they're buying one or two sticks. And then if they like those sticks, they go home and they go on Cigars International and then they buy a box.
3: Yeah, I guess I would agree with that. Uh, I, maybe So maybe 30% or 40% of cigar smokers, maybe even 50% go into a brick and mortar to buy some number of cigars. But if we took... Let's assume that 315 million cigars were sold last year. What do you think? How many of those were online versus a brick and mortar?
1: God, probably three quarters of them.
2: Yeah, I would agree uh, with I would that. Say at least that. Uh,
0: I mean, they're still they're still going into brick and mortars just to support the business, if for nothing else. But it's not their only source. They can get them online for cheaper, so they can at least go there and smoke them and quote sample them uh, to see what they like. But you know, well, if you can save Money online—that's that's a safe assumption.
1: My, our friend Alan and I were in the cigar room a couple, yeah, probably a month ago, and we were talking to a guy that was sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah, I come up here just, just to smoke with with these with this group of guys and whatever." He's like, "But yeah, I get all my stuff from Cigarbid, you know. I I spend you know fifty, hundred bucks on there a week. You know, I might spend twenty dollars in the store and then go home and spend hundred fifty bucks on Cigarbid, so."
2: How? Well, and that's kind of like me. I mean, I smoke on average probably two, three cigars a day. So you know, there's no way I can buy them all at a brick and mortar at those prices.
3: Yeah, try living in Minnesota.
2: Oh yeah, you know some Ugh. of the taxes and stuff you talked about up there.
3: Yeah, I mean five pedrones would cost sixty bucks, and that's for the cheap ones.
1: You know, well, just just try living in Minnesota in general. So <laughs> said <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> anything about out. buying cigars? <laughs> At least yeah, Minnesota I... during the winter, anyway. Yeah, that's true. Which is nine out of twelve months.
3: Yeah, say so we just had our five days of summer, so it's about to yeah. be uh, cold again. That,
0: that is bullshit. Yeah. You should be a moose. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I don't know
3: what to. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Maybe.
2: Speaking of mooses, uh, has anybody tried the chilling moose by Founder?
3: I did.
1: And what
3: for, a, and for well, for a, uh, for an affordable cigar, I've had a lot worse than that. That, I, it was it was smokable, okay. And I think uh, I think in Minnesota those are like six dollars, but for the rest of the country they're probably like two or three. And uh, I actually liked it enough that I, I reached out to Foundry to say, hey, why don't you supply me a five pack and I'll send them to my cigar reviewing buddies and we'll do a review for you. And they ignored me, so now I now I don't now I don't like the chillin moose anymore.
2: Huh. I had a couple of them. Well, actually, a five pack. I uh, got off, and yeah, I think I give ten bucks for five.
3: Yep. And,
2: Sounds good. They uh, very smokable, especially you know driving down the road. Well, uh, I think. I didn't kill anybody while smoking.
1: Well, I think we've uh, motherfucked enough people for one night. Uh, this yep. has been the uh, Cigar Tipsters Podcast. For, uh, junior, Kirk uh, Senior, and uh, live from the Robot Factory in Nashville, Tennessee, Ben Son of have a all bitch. been with you. <laughs> Fucking yeah. audio can ball, you bitch. <laughs> and we will see you on the flip side. See you later. This has been a Cigar Tipsters production.